convocation speaker this morning uh, needs no introduction. We She normally would have spoken to you already, but because she had a baby and was on maternity leave, we booked her for a later date, and uh, she is back. Um, so please welcome up Mrs. Hewley. Now that Mr. Lugo's got you really excited that I'm your convocation speaker today. Uh, so I um, was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, um, and I said to myself, you know what really kind of made an impression a couple of weeks ago on the students? That super ominous prayer that Mr. Kummer prayed over the, <laughs> over the intercom at the end of the school day. So I'm going to talk more about that today, um, so get excited. Um, I am gonna, I'm gonna talk to you, uh, and, but in all honesty, like this is something that um, being involved in this project, um, I've thought a lot more about. Um, so I'm gonna talk about uh, the orphan spirit today. Um, and I think, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis said it best. Uh, he's got uh, a quote, I think it's from the introduction to Screwtape Letters about demons, okay? And he says this, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about devils. One is to disbelieve their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. Okay, so we're going to try to like cut in, across the middle there. Um, because, I, you know, I don't want this to be like a super creepy convocation. But at the same time, I think we do need to acknowledge that our culture is far more likely to do the first than the second. Uh, our culture is far more likely to just disbelieve that demons are a real thing. In my high school formation, I think a lot of my teachers believed that like the devil of the Bible was like this literary function that's meant to sort of amorphously represent bad things, okay? And um, Honestly, like in my high school formation and some of the things that I struggled with in high school, I really could have used somebody like telling me, no, no, like the devil is a reality and he's trying to drive you away from Jesus. Okay, so that's like what I'm going to talk a little bit about today. I've been some ways that I've experienced this in my own life and maybe they, they will kind of ring true for you guys as well. Um, so this orphan spirit, the idea of this, the orphan spirit, I was introduced to maybe like a year and a half ago. We went to this um, amazing parish event where sister, not going to remember the sister who talked about this, um, kind of introduced this particular phrase, the orphan spirit. I'm not sure if this is like, if that's like the name of a particular demon or if this is just like a tactic that devils use, the de like the devil uses. And I'm not going to Google that like to, you know, figure it out. That would make my search history look really weird. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point out that if the devil lives in total separation from God, because that's what happened, right? When Lucifer the angel fell, he now lives forever and always in the moment in which he separated himself forever from the love of God. Okay? Then like a uh, a the reality of isolation is just a part of what every demon is, right? Like, because hell in its essence is living forever in the rejection of God's love. And then heaven is living forever in the union and the communion of God's love, right? So I don't, you know, like wh however you wanna kind of like envision this orphan spirit, I, I think it tells three primary lies and it tells them especially to students your age. So the first lie is no one wants you. 
And uh, this is something that I experienced pretty strongly. Once upon a time, I'm going to tell these stories pretty briefly, but when I studied abroad in Zambia, uh, my junior year of college, this was the longest that I had ever been away from Mrs. Langfield, um, and I missed her a lot. And um, there was a night where uh, <clears throat> there was a night where I really didn't want to go into my room because there were cockroaches in there, and there was no electricity, and a mouse had pooped on my pillow. So I was like, I really don't want to go in there and be alone. But it, I just wasn't tired. So I went, I saw this light at the end of the hallway, and um, I. I, I knew that people were in there, so I went in there just hoping to like have some community with these people on study abroad with me. And everybody got quiet when I came in. Um, and I, I had heard like a little snatch of conversation before I entered, and they were talking about like sleeping around, okay? And I was known on that trip as being kind of like the only sort of like goody-goody practicing Catholic. So they just clammed up when I came in. And I tried for like five minutes, you know, to just kind of like be there and, you know, contribute. And it was the most awkward thing I've ever experienced. So I was like, well, I'm going to bed. And I left and I cried like that whole night because I was like, nobody wants me. Um, isn't it sad that that still makes me sad? But I'm sure you've all experienced this. Nobody wants you. You're not X enough. You're not Y enough. Um, and uh, that, that's a lie that the devil tells us about ourselves. The second lie that I think the orphan spirit tells is nobody else feels this way. No one else feels the way that you're feeling. Um, and I experienced this uh, pretty strongly when, uh, after I had given birth to Otto, my son. I think I, I had some serious like postpartum issues after um, he was born. And I just white knuckled my way through that whole experience, like a full year of just feeling extremely overwhelmed having thought, racing thoughts, dark, like really dark thoughts um, in, in that postpartum period. But I, just, I didn't say anything because I was like, nobody else, this is weird. Like, this must just be me. Nobody else feels this way after having a baby. You should just be happy, right, and like all snuggles and joy. So I think that's a lie that he also tells you. Nobody else feels the way that you're feeling right now. And then the third lie that I think the orphan spirit tells is it's all up to you. It's all up to you. And I felt that way uh, quite a bit in this job, in this role of like standing up this school. Um, you know, there are certain things that I'm just on the hook for. Maybe you feel this way in your classes, like it's all up to you to get the A. Um, maybe you feel this way in, in like the family dynamics uh, that you live in. It's all up to me to make sure that my parents, you know, get along. Uh, and I think that can feel super isolating, right? the weight of carrying around something that you think is just totally on your shoulders. So I think those are three lies that the, the orphan spirit tells us. No one wants you. No one feels this way. It's all up to you. And I just want to um, kind of invite you to look up there for a moment because this is the moment of complete and total the only moment of complete and total isolation that's ever happened in human history. When Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? That is Jesus, God himself, feeling completely cut off from the love of God. How is that even possible? He is God. How could he be cut off from the feeling of the love of God, right? And because Jesus took on that moment of total and abject isolation, you never, ever have to feel alone. He took that on for you. 
So any, any feelings or experiences of isolation like the ones that I've shared with you are the orphan spirit trying to make you feel like Jesus hasn't done that for you. Jesus hasn't taken that on for you. And it's a lie. It's a lie. So I just want to, um, I just want you to look up at the cross. I want you to take a look around all the people who are like ringing you around right now because we follow him, right? And um, we'll do everything possible to help you, to come alongside you, to be your companion in these, in these feelings that you may experience. So I just want you to guard yourselves against the voice that says no one wants you because we want you. We do. And I want you to guard yourselves against the voice that says nobody feels this way um, because we're a group of people who've lived a lot of life, okay? We've felt what you have felt, I promise. So one of us has, right? I mean, Sean Mollenhauer, he's like, he's lived a lot of life. I'm sure that he like, can, can come alongside you, right? And we're a group of, uh, so we've been there. And I want you um, to guard yourself finally against the voice that says it's all up to you because we're with you. We're with you. Um, you're not an orphan. You're not an orphan. Jesus Christ has made you heirs to the inheritance of God's love, okay? No one here is an orphan. You're an heir. Praise be Jesus Christ.